0: Hello and welcome to the Bravo Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Midwinter, and I'm joined by Sandy Kloak. In case you hadn't noticed, we didn't have a show last week, but we did release a video essay on our YouTube channel. Head over there, subscribe, and check out What If Teresa Judice Exploded in the Challenger Disaster. Uh, We're very excited to be joined today by Chris Mejia from the We Didn't Get a Rose podcast. Uh oh
1: shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had my tagline ready. I don't like trouble unless I've caused it.
0: Oh, that's really good. <laughs> Do you remember uh which housewife that that was from? Yes,
1: uh Janet Roach from season 5 of uh Real Housewives of Melbourne. Oh, crazy. An international pick. I love it. And apparently, uh, thank you very much for giving me this website that has basically a database of all of (laughs) the taglines. But shout out to this website because they literally have every other housewife's picture except for Janet. So I don't know (laughs) what Janet did. <laughs> but I think my assumption is when I see the fact that everyone else has a headshot but her it says to me either a uh this website doesn't recognize Melbourne a- as a part of the entire franchise right or Janet has said some shit or done some shit that's probably <laughs> gonna make me regret using her tagline after I Google
0: her. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be canceled. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but if if that were the case, there would be like no headshots on some. Like there are some <laughs> franchises that have numerous canceled housewives, so you're oh, you're probably safe. Um, I haven't actually watched too much of the international uh, housewife shows. I've mm. watched the the ones that are. Here in Canada, I've seen the the Toronto one, which was like terrible, and the Vancouver one, which was amazing. But aside from that, I haven't really seen them. Uh, you guys cover uh, the Bachelor, which also has some international franchise uh, franchises. Um, do you do you follow any of those? So uh, shout out to
1: Mike who can't be here, uh, but uh, we only, f- at least for our podcast, we only covered a U.S. Uh, version. Uh, I do know that there's like the Australian version, which I've I've never seen, and I've always been wanting to watch, because a couple years ago they came out with a bisexual season where oh. the Bachelorette was bisexual, and they had both men and women as contestants, uh, and that sounded amazing uh, and like surprising because it like the Bachelor and the Bachelorette is such a to this day abc caters it so much to like the midwest conservative crowd right who i don't even know like i don't know if that crowd is still making up a large portion of the audience so like it would make sense if that's the reason why and they're just catering to them but at least everyone else is like it's just like they try to make things seem cleaner and more wholesome Which is weird because there's a whole week fantasy suites, which is just a fuck week. Like, that's just, (laughs) hey, we're going to fuck this week. But they do everything but basically call that out and, like, make it seem like these grown-ass adults after, like, being sexually repressed for, like, eight weeks straight aren't going to go to this room and blow (laughs) each other's backs out. Uh, So I've been wanting to watch the Australian version because the fact that they had a bisexual season makes me think that they're less likely to try to cater to, like, this Midwest conservative type of crowd. Uh, But also, it's still The Bachelor and The Bachelorette franchise, which is, don't get me wrong, it was my gateway drug into reality TV, and now I love reality TV so much. But that being said, you know, it's, in comparison to the rest of the reality TV I watch, it's one of the worst. It's truly just... (laughs) First couple episodes, amazing, great, and then the rest of the show sucks. Except for The Golden Batch. The Golden Batch is
0: phenomenal i have heard that from like a number of people who don't i don't even like have never talked reality tv with me but they've recommended the golden bachelor so i am i'm eager to check that out because it's been a while since i have watched the bachelor i mm-hmm. i used to watch it i watched it for like a few seasons i think the first season that i watched was uh nick vile's season oh, um, yeah. And I don't know if I would have kept watching it for so, so long if it wasn't for, like, Corinne Olympus or Olymp... Whatever oh, yeah, her last name is. yeah, yeah. Because she was reality TV gold. She was just, like... Um, I mean, anyone that listens to our show knows that I, like, I love someone that is, like, villainous and, like, scheming. And so... Um, she was like the definition of that. And I feel like I was chasing that dragon, just watching season after season. And it got kind of like a, um, a bit of a muted version of that when, uh, Mm -hmm. Demi came on, but it just wasn't, wasn't exactly the same. So one thing that you and your listeners should know
1: about me is that I'm a bitch who loves mess. So (laughs) whenever there is just truly an awful human being, and see, this is how I know The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is one of the worst reality TV franchises. Because one, the uh, the fan base is like boring toxic, like not Mm. even fun toxic to just like live, laugh, love toxic. And then (laughs) two, whenever there is someone like that who like, they're giving us they're bad people, but they're giving us great television. People are always like, oh my God, like they're the worst because they're hurting people's feelings and all yeah. that. And it's like, we <laughs> don't, if
0: you're Not if so you're we're here going for.
1: to watch <laughs> hey, hey, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Like if if I wanted to watch an actual love story, I will watch a rom com. I because it's gonna be better written. I'm gonna give more of a fuck about the people. And yeah. it's gonna be more it's it's hopefully less filler and like worth my time. I want fucking like, for example, shout out the Luke P on Hannah Brown season, truly <laughs> demon of a human being. Amazing <laughs> television. Shout out to Shanae on Clayton season. Truly. She needs to be locked up in a psychiatric <laughs> ward ASAP. But before she's locked up, I need three more seasons of her on my television like truly toxic, the better. like i I understand these are real people and there's real mental and emotional trauma. That is attached to the messy things they do. But you know what? Not my problem. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Reality TV is blood sport. And just we just mm-hmm. need to recognize that and move on and embrace it. I exactly. I, I feel you a hundred percent. Um, so did your so have you watched Housewives before at all? So I for the longest time after
1: getting into reality TV, everyone kept there was two franchises people kept telling me to watch Vanderpump Rules. Oh yeah, and Real Housewives. Uh, when Real Housewives of Salt Lake, Salt Lake City came out, I tried to get into it because uh, one, a girl who I was dating at the time was trying to get me into it, and two, it, uh, Mormons are just no this disres- uh, If anyone's listening, or y'all are Mormons, <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> but the more I learn about Mormonism, the more I feel like people are fucking with me. uh and i once i saw i was like oh there some of these ladies are mormons i have to watch this show and i i was told like i couldn't get into it after watching four or five episodes but i think i want to make it clear that's not me like trying to look down on it or anything like that i was not i was so used to the drama and other shows being much more higher stakes mm, and yeah. the vibe I got that real housewives, a lot of the drama is very low stakes stuff, but that's what makes, cause it just keeps building and building and gets better and better. So everyone that I know, when I tell that they're like, you should have like, just, you got to give them a season to like build the characters and all of that. Cause then I heard that like one girl gets like arrested by the FBI yeah. and then all of that <laughs> shit. So I was just like, all right, I should have. So like, Coming back, it was actually kind of neat because, like, watching the episode uh, for this uh, podcast, uh, I I had to, like, go back and see, like, oh, shit, who's no longer here from the first scene? Like, the girl who was fucking her dad... Uh, or sorry stepdad uh, or
0: step grandpa step grandpa (laughs) oh yeah
1: that's (laughs) i totally forgot it was step grandpa that's every (laughs) that sounds like an i think you should leave sketch that's truly like she's not there and i feel like there's like maybe one other person who was on season one that isn't here but um But yeah, so I tried to get into it. I couldn't get into it. But then, uh, I've been meaning to like get like just pick one city and just really watch it because so many people I know watch like, for example, Atlanta or Potomac, Potomac, or um, what's another? Uh, Everyone keeps telling me Beverly Hills is also like one of the one of the apex ones. So I've been meaning to like. I just need to pick a city and just like commit to it, Um, but I haven't. uh, historically haven't seen a lot of it
0: yeah it's it's interesting because like each city kind of has a different flavor and especially Mm -hmm. like salt lake city the like the the church even if the characters for the most part aren't mormon anymore like um we've got some ex-mormons and someone that is like kind of mormon in name only it seems um it still is like that whole city the whole like social culture there is informed by the rules of of the church and Mm -hmm. um how it like um how it shows up within the show is really fascinating and you get that in a certain in certain ways in various other cities too so they all kind of have a different you know a different flavor to them which i i really appreciate Mm -hmm. um let's let's get into our our highlights which of these shows stood out to you as like the most compelling
1: Ooh, okay. So I think that's tough to answer because just like you said, they each had their own flavor. Uh, So like Salt Lake City, I think for me, since I already kind of started watching the show previously, it felt the most familiar. Um, But then like, uh, Miami was wild because they were arguing about farting on a bus, and then that one lady was like, listen, if I'm going to mark your territory, I'm going to piss on you. And the, and the husband was like, hell yeah, let's go. Which, listen, sh- I, I'm, I'm sex positive, okay? Alright? As long as your kink ain't illegal or causing harm to people, by all means, what you do in the privacy of your bedroom is up to you. I don't give a fuck. That being said, uh, P's P's weird. Uh, P's P's a little weird. Uh, To each their own. To each their own. Uh, If if y'all are in the
2: piss, then... Oh, no, go ahead. I'm not defending piss per se, but to me, that was not the takeaway from that scene. It was that they like to shit next to each other on double toilets. That was
1: like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what? I was so distracted by the piss that I completely, (laughs) I completely just bulldozed past. Like, oh, you know what? It's funny. I actually just got into an argument about this. Uh, I was like shooting the shit with some comics, and we were talking about being comfortable with your partner, and like most women I've dated have been, no matter how long we've been dating, no matter how comfortable they are with me still refuse to fart in front of me and will like be like, I've never farted in front of you and still try to hide it. And I'm like, just fart in front of me. It's not like a kink thing. I'm not like, mm, let me <laughs> let me get at it. It's just more like, I don't know, You, I want my girl to be comfortable and to be comfortable, that doesn't include standing up to go to the other room, to fart, like just do it here. We'll laugh about it. We'll keep it moving. Um, and then that turned into like, because uh, one comic, she's married, so she was talking about how she's like definitely like taking a shit, and her husband has come in, and then vice versa. And another comic was like, "That's disgusting. I would never let like my person like come in while I'm taking the shit. I would never shit with the door open, all of that stuff." So like, as much as I'm comfortable <laughs> about the farting, like I close the door when I shit out of respect. <laughs> you know, my mother raised me right. Uh, shitting at the same time in toilets next to each other like i want to hate but at the same time that i feel like that's because i'm poor and i can't afford to have two toilets in the same bathroom next to each other
0: Oh, no, you just put them like facing each other with a nice like chessboard in between and <laughs> you're set for an afternoon.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 not a chessboard. Like when you go to those bars and they have the arcade tabletop <laughs> yeah. where you get to play Pac-Man and put your drinks on top. Is that. That's, if you have that in your bathroom, then I'm on board. I'll, I'll, I'll shit in front of my girl with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I guess we're starting with, with Miami then. Uh, aside from the double <laughs> toilets, what, what were your highlights? Uh, so, I, I
1: won the celebrity basketball game because I love cele- – one, I love basketball, period. But then I love celebrity basketball games because they usually have celebrities who have no business playing sports. Yeah. Play sports. <laughs> and that's not a dig against the housewife. That's – no matter the gender. They will often have people b- doing these all-star games where it's like you – Like there's definitely sometimes like, for example, like Quavo uh, is known for being good at basketball and that's like, okay. now we're watching a real basketball game. But when they get like the local weatherman to like play basketball, like it's (laughs) no one asked for this, but it's also funny. So seeing all of these women fresh after having a verbal Royal Rumble (laughs) and then bully. I forget who it was, but they bullied that one woman while she was just like. Okay, don't get me wrong, like bullying is bad, but like if everyone in the room is talking shit about you and you're not gonna say anything back, why would you stay in the room? Yeah. <laughs> like why not just leave, go go to the water fountain, like go to the concessions, something. <laughs> uh, so the basketball game was entertaining because it was very much you could you could tell like no one was good at basketball, but you can tell that those who were competitive weren't gonna let that stop them.
0: From, yeah. like you, trying
1: to win the game
0: you had a pippin on uh you had a pippin there you had a jordan there and they like neither of them were the most talented <laughs> athlete in the room the most talented athlete in the room actually wasn't even on the court cuz martina uh Navratuova was sitting on the sideline he was a tennis legend um but yeah the, it was really interesting to see like adriana not do anything when she was being bullied at all i think Mm. one of the things that is kind of unique about um shows like housewives or even competition reality shows like uh the bachelor or big brother more like is a show that i'm more familiar with is um when you're in that situation as a person you would think that you would have the instinct to leave but like as a game player, you don't want to forfeit any potential leverage that might come out of that situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to know what information is going around the room about you or, or whatever. Um, and, like, Adriana's been doing this for a long time. And for some reason, she's not, like, a full-blown housewife. She's just considered, like, friend of, which is the tier below uh, housewife. But, um, like, she she knows what, what she's doing. She plays, uh-huh. like... She plays dumb, but she, like, plays the game hard.
1: You know what? Shout out. That's a good point. Shout out to her for knowing if I leave the room, I don't get screen time. And if I don't yeah. get screen yeah. time, <laughs> my check is going to be smaller. So you know what? I'm not going to judge her anymore because would I let myself get bullied if it meant I was going to get a fatter check from a TV network? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I am, I am, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, it really... Oh, I didn't realize that's Larsa Pimpin. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you not recognize her? <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I honestly,
1: I just, I didn't, I didn't, the t- it didn't click in my head. Yeah. I didn't realize, oh, shit. Okay, you know what? I'm going to start watching Miami because Larsa <laughs> Pippen, I want to do like a thesis on her because she is the most unhinged person I I, oh, I yeah. could ever, ever know. So that's, and okay. she's
0: dating Michael Jordan's son now, which is, I don't insane. even get started on that. <laughs> Do they cover that on this show? Yeah, he was there. He was coaching her team on the, for the celebrity basketball. That was game. him. Yeah, that was him.
1: <laughs> okay. Clearly, clearly I'm exposing. I have ADHD and I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to the little details Uh, okay. Wow. All right. Okay.
0: Okay. It it was, uh, it was pretty wild. Um, yeah, I do want to just follow on on like what you said about, uh, Adriana and I, she did actually leave at one point, which was really, um, I thought she like picked her moment to, Mm -hmm. to leave, which was like at the very tail end of the episode when everyone was singing, uh, happy birthday to Alexia, she decided to, to leave and, like, and she made sure to get, like, a little zinger in there so that she still got the the camera time. She's looking in, in the mirror and being like, oh, I'm saving my vocal cords for Emilio Estevan. I'm not going to sing for for Alexia, <laughs> which, like, it, w- it was funny, but, like, it seemed like a very, like, strategic way to, like, leave but still, like, bring the scene with her. Yeah. I uh, really, really love her kind of, you know, awareness that she is great at downplaying.
1: I okay, so I have a question for y'all. Uh because yeah. with The Bachelor and Bachelorette, it's known for producers stepping in and manipulating things to create drama because they don't know how to cast well. So because of that, they have to create drama instead of just casting naturally messy people. Um so because of that, like there's a lot of moments where you can tell, like, okay, this is drama, but this is so clearly the producer's stepping in and causing some shit. So then that way they have some some sort of content for the show. Uh Yeah. For Housewives, is that is there producer manipulation or are all of these women just so naturally messy that the the producers don't really got to step in like that?
0: Well, it's definitely both. There is definitely an element of like producers stepping in and manufacturing drama, but Mm -hmm. one advantage that Housewives has over something like The Bachelor or any reality show where you've got, you know, uh, not a lot of returning, uh, people is that, you know, most of these, these personalities have, you know, seasons in front of the camera and they, like know how to play mm-hmm. the game a little bit. I think on, um I think when you see a season with like a brand new cast, that's where you can kind of see the the, the producer hand manipulation, of, yeah, yeah, in a lot more of a like a, a raw form. Like we just got the Real Housewives of New York rebooted, so brand new, fresh cast, and mm-hmm. um, you know there was like things that felt really like you know situations that seemed like they were forced together and a lot of the drama like you mentioned about like season one of uh salt lake city it's it's pretty like low stakes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so um you can see what the producers are doing a little more transparently there but um but after that like all these women will have existing relationships with each other and they've got all that context built up. So the producers don't need to do that as much. They can still, you know, lead things and construct, you know, uh, situations where a confrontation will happen. But, uh, the interactions are so much more loaded at that point because, you know, the, the cast knows how to play the game. They know like kind of their style of how they want to try to, you know, um, tell their story throughout the season, Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're a bit more like their own storyteller. Some are like way better at it than others. Some are very good at, um, you know, self producing or just letting their personality navigate the, the situations and just like, you know, roll with the punches of whatever comes from that season. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a mix and yeah, producers, definitely have a a hand in manufacturing things
1: so the reason why i asked that is because they they're like so expertly in all of the the episodes that i saw there will be a moment where it seems like things die down or whatever and just every time there's always so i'm noticing like every time what will happen is hey let's all let's go do this thing together even though I know this girl hates that girl, let's just all do it because it's either A, my birthday, B, I just did something that I want to celebrate, C, some other reason where it's like we need to get together to celebrate X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then they get together and then it's always like, I'm not, I don't want to come, but I'm going to come because you told me that bitch is going to apologize to me. <laughs> and yeah. then they show up and everyone's like, all like, doing their very like almost like us russia code war like uh, (laughs) i'm here because y'all told me to be here but the second they go off i'm gonna go off and then one person starts it out of no and it's always out of nowhere they start some shit and then they yell back and forth and then there's always one person in the group who didn't want to be there at all and they're just kind of like (laughs) kind of just like eating popcorn (laughs) just watching the shit go down and then finally when things seem calm there's always one girl who's either related to the drama or a part of the drama or unrelated at all, who does the little we're almost like stepping in the room and going, Hey, but remember, she says some shit about your feet too. And then just like steps out. <laughs> and it's just like it's <laughs> so every time I've seen it, it was just so expert of like, we just achieved peace. We just we were almost there. And then one of y'all just came in with like a grenade and just exploded some shit. And just truly, that's why I asked because it's like, it's like, it was like so expertly where I'm like, is that a producer telling them to come in and say some shit? Or is that on their own? And I hope it's them on their own. Because if so, that's Hall of Fame mess right there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I mean there's yeah like I said it, it's both like some some of the the housewives you can tell that they're just really good at stirring things up because they're always the one to do it and they always know exactly what to say to like set a situation off uh Giselle on on Potomac is great at that I think Whitney on Salt Lake City is typically like very good at that Tamara is like a master at it on Orange County um so, yeah, I, I think there's like there's definitely sometimes where the person that says that is like it feels like it's coming out of left field because mm-hmm. they're not that type of housewife. And so it's like, OK, they got fed this by the producer. But, you know, for the most part, it's uh, it's it's them, the casting team doing a great job of making sure they've got a good mix of personalities that are able to, you know, do the bidding of or do the like stirring shit up
1: right okay okay that makes sense
0: uh did you have any other highlights from miami honestly the the the
1: fart bus rumble (laughs) and the basketball (laughs) game and the whole peeing on like that they just and that's the thing they just threw in I don't know if that was already a big storyline <laughs> in a previous episode. So if it was, my bad. But like they just threw in the whole, I'll piss on you if I want to mark my pet territory in, <laughs> and, and then just carry on <laughs> with the episode as if that wasn't like, hold up, hold on, let's let's go back. Um but uh oh uh uh but uh yeah, uh those were really those are really the two things that like really Uh, stood out to me from the episode.
0: Yeah, Chris, one thing that you mentioned about, like, Todd, how, like, freely he was, like, offering up, you know, how excited he was at the prospect of being peed on. One thing that, like, stood out to me about that is Todd has always come across as... You know, on a lot of these reality shows, you have these guys, like, straight men are always feeling, like, awkward in front of the camera being on these shows specifically mm-hmm. because, you know, they're, like, female-coded or whatever the the reasoning behind that is. And he's definitely, like, one of those guys that is, like, has that kind of air about him where he thinks he's, like, better than this content and, oh, yeah. um like, very, like, closed off a, as a result. And for that to be the one thing where he's, like you know being like yeah actually i'm like super into this like that's how he's like being vulnerable in this situation is just like so funny to me that like he's he's clearly someone that is like picking and choosing like what element of his personality is something that is going to like best perform his masculinity. And, and that was what he chose. <laughs> it,
1: it was very funny. Cause he was also like, at one moment he went on that whole rant where he was just like, they talking shit about my family. And then you expect me to just break bread with them. And he's talking about it. Like he's talking in this tone. Like it's a scene straight from Godfather <laughs> where he found out like someone <laughs> murdered his like cousin nephew or whatever and like it's just like bro you you like why why are you acting above this all right you getting a check i know you a capitalist you rich so just shut up get your check smile for the goddamn camera and just stop acting like you better than this cuz you ain't if you were if you were truly better than this franchise you would have told your wife we ain't doing this franchise
0: but you yeah. saw
1: a check and you get in this. so like it is wild that that guy the whole time trying to be like I'm above this, and he's just like, hey, hold up. First and foremost, I want y'all to know your boy has money. Second off, my <laughs> wife she's fucking hot. Third of all, she's younger than me. Don't look at the age difference. Fourth of all, I like getting pissed on. <laughs> I need y'all to know that. All right, good night. <laughs> and I love how that came out. And like, what, what does he do for business? Like,
0: what's what's his career? Um, I don't know what, what his career is, actually. Sandy, do you? No, I don't. Sandy, what were your highlights from uh, Miami?
2: My highlights were Adriana being really mad about the people talking about her in the bathroom. The quote was, they spew their poisonous venom like vipers. I really liked that, especially considering it was talking about just repeating the information that she told them she was flatulent. <laughs> as far as Julia's opera storyline, I'm super not into it because I only want a medium bad singing storyline if it's paired with <laughs> a delusional attempt at a musical career. So this is way too sincere and sweet and I'm not enjoying it.
0: No, I love it. Oh man, it is like, uh, this. that was a highlight for me is the fact that Julia is pursuing this this career because it's like she chose something that is so unattainable. Like she didn't just choose to like to sing something like medium difficult. She chose opera and something that is like you either have it or you don't. And if you do have it, you need years and years of training in order to finesse it. And so the fact that, like, she chose that is pure insanity. And the scene that we got where she was performing this song in, like, Adriana's tiny little piano room. Like, no shade, I don't have a piano room. So, um, but, like, her tiny room where they're, like, all squished into this one corner. And Adriana is, like, very seriously, like, playing the piano and very focused. And then we've got this guy who is, like, clearly a very talented singer not like he's not coming off that great but he like you know he's clearly way more talented than mm-hmm. julia and to get that as like this this benchmark that she can't hit and this awkward room i i thought it was i thought it was beautiful
1: <laughs> i wish i had that level of self confidence that i could just be like i could pick up opera singing like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I could do that like just no no training no expertise no talent what wh- you know or at least no like talent in the sense of i know this is some shit that i can do uh i truly if i had that level of just delusional self-confidence i've i sky is the limit of how much further in life I'd probably be because yeah. <laughs> to just think that's something. Cause like you said, opera singing, that's, that's shit that like, it's not just, you can sing like, that's like you have distinct niche singing talent uh, that most <laughs> people who can sing can't do. So the fact that she's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just pick up opera singing. Like how yeah. hard can that shit be? <laughs> is just honestly inspirational. <laughs>
0: I yeah I I feel like confidence is like squandered on the worst people like the people <laughs> that just get like so like confident that they're gonna be like you know whether it's like opera or like stand-up comedy it's just like or anything really mm-hmm. like that it's just like uh the worst schmucks think that they're gonna just step into it be a natural and like you know take off and just <laughs> be uh, yeah i don't know it's it, it's the worst it's like if i were to be like oh i'm i'm gonna be in the olympics next olympics <laughs> for gymnastics and like just start training right now <laughs> it's legit shout out to this show
1: It's no longer on tv it hasn't been on tv for a long time they need to bring it back uh joe's versus pros uh oh, i don't know if they had I, I that, remember that Canada, name, but it was literally where they would get like regular ass dudes who would be like, I could fucking be, I could, I could play for the Lakers. Like I could play better than fucking Anthony Davis right now. And they're just like, okay, all right, bet. Here you go. You're gonna play against real pros in this sport. And um, spoiler alert: the Joes usually never win. <laughs> they rarely won. It was like this, or the same as like when that one show where there would be like a bully of a school so then they had the bully fight a professionally trained like UFC fighter
0: <laughs> a professional
1: bully <laughs> and it was yeah it was just like i forget what that one was called which honestly in hindsight is like hilarious that america was like what if we made a tv show <laughs> where we took school bullies <laughs> and had them fight like conor mcgregor or some <laughs> shit like
0: that
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to bring more of that shit back, but it was basically that same vein of like I could do this and then <laughs> <laughs> you, and it's like no one no one's going to tell them, no one's going to tell her that maybe pick a pick a different lane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Sandy, did you have any other highlights from Miami?
2: No, those were my top ones.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, I think we covered most of what I wanted to talk about for Miami. I do want to just briefly touch on the scene that we got with Lisa and her new boyfriend, Jody, like her bringing the kids around and being like, oh yeah, I've, I've introduced them as like uncle Joe. They, they probably think he's gay. Like it's no big deal. And then we just got this really kind of awkward family (laughs) moment Mm -hmm. there that she was trying to like make happen I, I don't know I Jody comes across As like A little bit Of a uh, I don't know I, I can't put my finger on it There's no evidence That he's a loser But he just Gives off loser vibes Yeah Um <laughs> but he was really trying his best and the unicorn looked trash according to Lisa's son. So, um, (laughs) just a really funny scene to me. Uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, Chris, would you prefer to talk about Salt Lake city or Beverly Hills next? I have no preference. So just so you know, Salt Lake city was
1: the first one I watched and then I watched, uh, Beverly Hills and then I rounded, rounded it all at the end with Miami. So, uh, I don't know why I gave that information. It's actually not relevant, but I guess. Uh, actually, let's talk about Beverly Hills. Yeah, let's get into it. What were your highlights there? So first and foremost, I almost shit myself laughing at Sutton being like, "Name it right out of the, right out of the right out of the gate," when she's like, "Name it," and then, "Oh, uh, which one was it?" Uh, Kyle was just like, okay. And then as she's trying to do, like, and name it, she would interrupt her and go and be like, name it. Name it. Name it. <laughs> and she's like, bitch, I'm trying. <laughs> that had me dying. That was so... Their whole beef was really funny. Um Garcelle, uh, like, when she was with her kids uh that was really cute because it was just like uh i don't know like it's really easy since a lot of these a lot of these people on these shows it's really easy to think that they're just like these mean people or anything like that but like watching that was kind of sweet because it's like like for the ones for the housewives that are moms where it's just like seeing them have those moments with their children it's just like oh this is like that's right like y'all are people and like yeah you're you're a parent like you're a mom and all that it's just kind of it helps like humanize them uh, a little bit but then when she was just like sometimes people think that uh jade is like more like a boyfriend than my son and i was just like that that, that's not how you word that (laughs) that's not how you word that i get what you're trying to say because y'all have more of like a buddy dynamic than you do mother and son but like out of all of the words (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the english language also shout out i didn't realize Garcel uh i didn't know i didn't realize that she was from the jamie Foxx show so for the longest oh, time yeah. when they they premiered her movie i was like that's really cute that they're gonna let her act uh on lifetime <laughs> and then a homie of mine was like how dare you like she's already famous and then i googled her i'm like oh shit all right my bad like i'm disrespectful <laughs> um Another highlight for me was just uh, Sutton just randomly knowing Jennifer Tilly. Like I just,
0: she appeared on the screen and I was like, what the fuck? Jennifer Tilly, like the
1: Jennifer Tilly. And
0: then, yeah, they're best friends. Apparently we found that out this season.
1: Random as hell. I went on a random Wikipedia binge on Jennifer Tilly. Didn't know that she got super into playing poker and like, Oh
0: yeah. She's amazing at poker.
1: And like was a professional poker player for a while. So shout out to her. Uh, Another highlight was uh, Erica trying, oh, so first and foremost, when Erica's mom comes and just clearly, you like, they even had the timer of how long they've been together <laughs> yeah. and how long they can last. <laughs> and then that fucking weird ass plastic Barbie suit that she was wearing. <laughs> yeah, in the confessionals. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. <laughs> That was, I remember, I was like, I was like watching it and I saw it and I had to rewind it because I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just introduce that outfit and then move on. Um, That was pretty wild. And then also (laughs) shout out the, I didn't know Denise Richards used to be a cast member of the show. Yeah. Uh, But she was a surprise. That was a nice surprise to see of like, oh shit, Denise Richards showing up.
0: Yeah. And then we got a crazy clip in the stinger at the end of the show that was like, uh, previewing next week, where Denise is making the wildest faces I have ever seen at the table. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be just like an all time episode with, you know, Sutton versus Kyle going down. And we've got Denise like acting completely out of her mind at the table. And Camille is there too. So, all time, one of the all time greats. Ooh. Um, I, yeah, I, w- I want to go back to what you said about um, this Kyle. Kyle Sutton scene because like we got the extended version of this like name them thing that Sutton was doing uh, in the previous episode and mm-hmm. have it just like continue into this week. It was like she had been doing just name them, name them, name them all week until the episode picked up. I thought, it, <laughs> I thought it was amazing. And then we got a highlight reel of Sutton, like being, pretty iconic like you know flipping out on crystal and crystal's first season over the like ugly leather pants and the roller scene and stuff like that i just really love this scene i was glad that it um since we didn't have a show last week that we were able to like revisit this and, and and talk about it um but yeah, Garcelle's movie. Holy shit! You would not know that she like made a name for herself in acting from watching oh, these clips. Like, <laughs> if,
1: if you would have told me that, like, first and foremost, when it said that it was on Lifetime, I was like, uh, okay, tracks. But <laughs> like, honestly, I I find it more believable if that movie would have been on Tubi because that screamed <laughs> some like. Tubi got a like a better budget than usual, but like still, it's a Tubi movie, so like <laughs> it's it's still low quality. It was, and I, under, I understand they can't show the whole movies, and like it was, it was clear that they were purposely not trying to show spoilers and shit like that. Yeah, but and so they had to like <laughs> cut it up together to kind of show you the highlights, but it was just still very much like student film
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's being generous like the the clips oh yeah not like not like (laughs) juilliard
1: student film like not us like which is actually funny because like usc is right there you could have had way better help with a student film and it felt very much like um it it, it was like local like look like midwest local state film competition yeah, like where a high like, school
0: english project level yeah <laughs> acting. Yeah. yeah like <laughs>
1: someone's dad has a, access to a red camera so yeah. they had a higher quality <laughs> video but the acting and writing was the same and then when she kicked the the perpetrator <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and then the housewife was like you know it's, you know garcelle seems like this innocent person but if you do her wrong she's gonna kick you in the stomach <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, all right i don't think he, that does as much damage as you think
0: it does um uh sandy what were your highlights from beverly hills
2: um i guess other than yeah the garcelle comparing her son to her boyfriend i definitely noted um <laughs> and otherwise erica and her mom was kind of interesting i am liking the sort of mom daughter themes we're seeing in a lot of these franchises this Mm -hmm. right now that's kind of across the board they're pretty interesting seeing those dynamics you kind of learn more about these characters some of whom you know pretty well um i was kind of sad for erica to learn her house is like a one bedroom house because i know she's poor now but that's tough man (laughs) one bedroom sleeping in the same bed as your mom when she visits um i like their fight yeah yeah um and i and i want to mention some, when we get to Salt Lake City, you know, kind of looking at the the discrepancy with some of the housewives' socioeconomic status these days and that how that looks for the show. Um, but yeah, Erica and her mom, they fought about, they were talking about this argument where they weren't talking for a year because Erica's like, after you hung up on me, mom's like, no, you hung up on me. She's like, right, I hung up on you because you were being shitty to me. But what was that about? Because it was some sort of thing that <laughs> that Erica was trying to like get her mom to legit stop talking about on camera. It was like her mom said, how many times did you ever go to that farm in 20 years? Three? So do we know what that's about? Because yeah, I, I didn't look it up or anything.
0: I think it was about Tom Girardi. Something like it was a line of questioning about Tom mm-hmm. Girardi, who is now facing charges for like, taking money from victims that he represented. But yes, it was clearly like she stopped talking to her mom because her mom was probing about Tom. And like, yeah, Erica obviously knew way more than she is saying she did. And so she was trying to shut that shit down. (laughs) And then her mom brought it up again in front of the cameras. And, you know, Erica shuts it down again. Like, I don't know. One of the things that I really love about this season of Beverly Hills so far, and this is a season of Housewives that I was not really looking forward to going into it, but um, I find that Erica is on just a really compelling phase of her journey. Like we've got the first like three seasons or so of Erica where she was like at the top, you know, she's going on world tours in her pop career she's in the biggest house on the cast she's got like you know the rich husband everything is there and we have seen her just like fall and like just spiral and just like grasping at any like hold that she can and Mm -hmm. um it's really compelling to me to see all these pieces of her getting like stripped away and like to see kind of what is left and you know, how she is trying to rebuild. Um, Erica isn't one of my, like, favorite housewives, but her story is is a great one. And it's, it, for me, it's a very, like, compelling thing to watch this season. Um, yeah, I, I think the the dynamic with her mom, all the scenes that we got there, they were short, but and, like, comical, but there was a, like, a subtext there that I thought really added a lot to erica's journey as as a a character within you know the narrative of beverly hills
1: Uh, so is she poor now because of the divorce or did some other shit happen
0: yeah so her husband is like tom girardi who is like the aaron brockovich lawyer and he um he embezzled like ton like millions and millions of dollars from like victims that he represented it oh. was supposed to go to them and he just he stole it and kept it and didn't pay them and so he's facing like federal charges and it was like a huge scandal and so all of their money is tied up in this and he is now like i I think pretending to be completely senile to try to like get out of these, these charges. And, um, there is strange. And yeah, she went from having like a ton of money to having like nothing. Like her earrings were, uh, taken from her and she's, yeah, basically starting from, from nothing.
1: Okay, that's what I that's what I fi- oh, that's what this dude looks like. God damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, interesting. Okay. All right. That uh, I was picturing way younger and are we sure he's pretending to be senile yeah. because he looks very senile in this yeah, Google image I'm seeing. Um okay, this man Looks like he was born when they invented money. Um, okay, (laughs) got it, got it. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, it's not about looks, yeah, (laughs) it's
2: about money, and she lost all of that.
0: Uh, some, <laughs> some people have, have a type and, you know, some people's type is the type that gets visited by three ghosts on Christmas. That's S- <laughs> Some people
1: have a type and hers is hospice. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> also, Erica kept distracting me because she looked like a K-Mark Jane Krzy- Krakowski. Oh, okay, yeah, I could see that.
0: There is definitely
1: there is definitely I'm I mean, I'm not saying uh white women look like but it just the it, there was like a couple <laughs> moments where like she even kind of spoke like yeah, Jane's character mannerisms? from 30 Rock. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm not just saying, oh, they're both white, they're both blonde, <laughs> they they look like uh but uh but yeah, outside of that Okay, that makes sense. Because I was wondering, I was like, oh, like, I knew based off of conversations, okay, she was divorced. But I didn't think the divorce was going to hurt her that bad where she was like, in a one bedroom, which was so funny that she's just like, Oh, my God, I'm like, so poor. I'm in a one bedroom, like, (laughs) girl, (laughs) you're not sharing a studio with four homies of yours. Like, I think I think like, yeah, I know you're going through a lot, but like, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, the I I loved like her mom kind of like getting a sense of how dire the situation mm-hmm. is that Erica can only afford to have the cleaner come once a week as opposed to every oh. day. Like she's like, oh, I didn't know I had to start the dishwasher. I thought <laughs> I thought you had someone that did that. That shit was sh- so. Why'd
1: you not clean your dish? Well, where's your maid? I can only afford them <laughs> w- once a week. Also, that's that's how you know it's so funny how like we like rich people will make fun of it. Of each other because the shit like that of just like oh <laughs> Janet's maid only comes twice a week and it's yeah. just like I <laughs> wish I could have a maid come once a week I like I yeah. don't have you that ever noticed she
0: only invites people over on a Tuesday or Thursday <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Sandy did you have any other highlights from Beverly Hills
2: no I think I'm good um though I have to say like. I don't know. I, I was like, wow, Erica is really rough in it. And I, believe me guys, I am, I'm not, uh, I don't have a maid any day of the week, but I feel like at some point in my life <laughs> I could get a cleaning service in once a week. Like that's, that's like a realistic goal in my lifetime. And so that makes me see how far <laughs> she has fallen. So I don't know. Depends how you look at it's it. It's
1: probably but- <laughs> one of those things it's cheaper than you think.
2: <laughs> like, I feel like it's
1: probably one of those things where it's cheaper than you think, but it's still not like the average person isn't going to be like, all right, let's get a cleaning part. It's so. also
2: not like a maid. It's a cleaning service. They're not like bringing you mm. your tea or what. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a butler. So, I don't know. I feel like if you're someone who's now sleep, like you're, I don't know. I don't know. I just think she in, she's fallen far. She's fallen far and she has to sleep in a bed with her mom and I guess I have a little sympathy for her. What can I say? I
1: don't know. No, it's it's sad for her, but it's also just like yeah, she's not on the street. It makes me want to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, well, it just makes me want to watch the show more because she's gonna have moments like that where it's just like, look at you being a peasant like the rest of us. Like I yeah. I know that's just <laughs> eating her up. It inside. totally is.
2: And you know what the craziest thing was? It was and Craig right when when this all happened she clearly lost she's got it back now like i think she's spending all her money on her face and keeping it like up and fresh because Mm -hmm. whatever happened right after right when this all blew up she could not maintain her like whatever weekly treatments was going on because she looked very different like she aged like i mean we can't really talk about aging like with this the stuff these people are doing, you can't even tell what age they might even look or normally look. But she mm-hmm. looked different, like like a normal person all of a sudden, a normal 52-year-old. Yeah. And it was kind of stunning to see yeah. the change. And now she's <laughs> back, right, to her old self. So she's not doing a maid, but yeah, she's doing her... she
0: must be yeah. spending a lot of it. Yeah. I, I think we got her, like, the guy that did her glam. Is it Mikey or whatever? We saw him um this season but we didn't see him doing glam i don't think i think we saw him like having coffee with her like and he was billed as like friend of erica as opposed to you know part of her like glam service so it's definitely like a reduced amount of glam but yeah she is i don't know she's starting to glow back up i'm
2: talking about more than glam though like i'm talking about surgery injection I'm no expert on that but like it was absolutely not just makeup it was like keeping the skin up or whatever it was and I only comment on that I don't usually do that but just because it was it seemed like it was related to her income dropping and it was very interesting yeah Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah I think like she was the one where there was a lot of talk about her like being on Ozempic or one of the notable like Ozempic housewives uh, early on, that she was like, Oh no, just hormones. It's just, you know, just hormones that are making me lose all this weight. Um, but I, I thought like this season of Beverly Hills has been a real surprise for me. I was, I, I think I said when we were previewing the season, I'm not really looking forward to this, and it's not, um, Uh, I've been surprised at how engaged I am with this because I don't think that there's a lot of like of the housewives that are really like bringing it in terms of like driving conflict or having like a lot of um, there's not a lot of like tension between the housewives that are really um, that's really interesting aside from, you know, Kyle versus Sutton that feels like Mm. the most classic like, housewife uh, type dynamic that mm-hmm. we've got here in terms of like a season long conflict. And I think it seems like we were shaping up to having a little bit of that with Dorit and um, Garcel, but it looks like that is being put to bed a little bit. Although the, the rumors on social media say otherwise, but um, what's really interesting to me this season is just how much of like the personal stories we're getting, and how these characters are being like fleshed out in ways that are independent of the group that I feel like we haven't got in past seasons. Just because we've had like huge like forces to drive the the conflict, like Lisa Rinna was like uh, an all time great housewife. Like I, she's not like the most lovable housewife of all time, but she's all an all time great in terms of like being able to like really bring the drama and just like lean into that role. Um, But with her absent, I think that we are seeing like, we're seeing a lot more. There was a scene that we got with Crystal, which I thought was probably the most compelling scene of this episode for me, where she was there just over dinner talking with her like husband, Rob, who was about her relationship with her brother and um, we got to see like such a range of emotion from crystal about this where um, you know, she was like embodying so many different roles. Like it started off with her, you know, in her role as a mother where she's like has this dynamic with her son. She's like giving him a little bit of a hard time about his hair being too long. And then she like, you know, kind of, gets the kids to leave to go watch Back to the Future. And um, they have this, like, really raw discussion about her brother and kind of how um, she's very reluctant to um, admit the guilt that she feels over being, like, one of the core reasons why him and his fiance broke up. I just... Um, I really liked seeing her kind of deal with that in a, Mm -hmm. like a lot of different ways. She was like dealing with it kind of like subtly and kind of, um, you know, she was then projecting some anger towards her husband, Rob, who was like, like reading her completely. And she like seemed a little unhappy about that. And, um, we got this FaceTime with her brother who like had been crying and, was then reluctant to like talk about it on on camera. I just thought this was was so interesting to see her personal story and deal with something that um, you know I um, it seemed like truly personal and and vulnerable and we got to see you know, so many dynamics at play. I thought that that was really great. And Crystal has been someone that has been a little bit of a forgettable housewife up until Mm -hmm. now. And the fact that we're seeing, you know, more of this side of her, I'm like, I'm really enjoying that from her because I think like that type of like vulnerability and that like, um, you know, that story is like a really good fit for her as a character on this show.
1: So with that whole thing with Crystal, like first and foremost, the eight-year-old watching Back to the Future is wild because I love Back to the Future. That's one of my favorite movies. But also, and also, like yes, obviously, that kid's gonna be too young to realize that there's a whole sexual assault scene in that movie. (laughs) Uh, uh, But uh, aside from that, um, it was very. It also threw me off when she was talking about the ex-fiance because. They pull up a picture of her brother and the ex-fiance. And I don't know why, but I was so thrown off and unexpected by the fact that they blurred her face that it just I instantly busted out laughing because I just (laughs) I I know I know it's because rights. Like, they couldn't, they didn't sign, like, a waiver, so, like, I understand it's that, but for a split second, my brain believes that the reality was they blurred her face to be petty, and that was just so funny to me. Uh, But then, yeah, it was kind of, it was, like, shout out to her husband, who was, like, yeah, maybe being a little too, like, inserting himself, but at the same time, like, Was in my personal opinion doing like the right thing of like, hey, you need to talk about this with him. And like, just basically like interjected on the call and was like, I honestly kind of did something that like I've basically done as a homie uh, to friends of like, been like, hey, I know I'm not being like uh, delicate, but like, you need to come to terms with this thing. And I know if you put it off you're never going to. So let's do this shit now. And yeah. it just felt like her husband, it, like it, you could tell that he was, it was very good intention of like, you need to talk about this thing with your brother right now. And then it was just sad Like you could tell the brother was going through it and just like, didn't really want to have to like cry on FaceTime on camera like that. Yeah. Um, But it was overall, it was kind of a weirdly beautiful moment (laughs) in in this show that I just wasn't expecting to see. That I'm sure there's probably lots of beautiful moments like this, but, like, I just wasn't expecting that. So it was, like, that felt like out of everything I've seen on any of these franchises, that felt like the most human real thing that I could see on the show. So it was, like, kind of, like, it threw me off where I was, like, oh, wow, that was, like, an act, like, that was, like, for real, for real. That was, okay, cool, cool. All right, okay, okay. Beverly Hills. All right, I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, examples of, like, a scene where there's someone on camera that is, like, using the camera as a tool in order to, like, empower them mm-hmm. to have, like, a real conversation um, because they know that they can have this in front of the camera and, like... Um, they will get a certain outcome. Like one person that we've seen do like use the camera as a tool really well is, is Ashley Darby. Like when we see scenes with her and Michael, she is like leveraging herself in front of the, like she's leveraging like the position of the camera in order to have these conversations and Mm. like force a little bit of like accountability or like just to generate like, some receipts that she can use at, at a later date. Um, she's like really effective at doing that. I, I remember Brandy Redmond from Dallas doing that a few times with, with her husband. And, um, yeah, I, I think that like, it's surprising to see someone that is not a housewife do that. Cause I can't remember anyone doing that, but I guess mm-hmm. Rob is like, you know, he's, uh, Uh, a director so he kind of has a a little bit of a uh, intuition about that sort of thing too Um, but yeah you you brought up uh, Crystal's kids going to see Back to the Future it didn't register to me but I was just like realizing that we got this scene right after the scene where Garcelle called her son more like a boyfriend and that's a very similar dynamic to what we got in the in Back to the Future so a little bit of a, (laughs) a, a callback there Um, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else to touch on for Beverly Hills. Uh, let's get into Salt Lake City. Chris, what were your thoughts on, on this? So Salt Lake City, uh, first and foremost, uh, so,
1: uh, Heather, right off the bat, her, because I forgot what, wait, is it Heather? Yes, Heather. Uh, so Heather and her husband have real like if you would have shown me a scene of those two, didn't tell me anything at all about them. I would have thought that's very sweet that Heather is still on a good relationship with her father. It's a, um, Oh,
0: is is it not Heather? It was the blonde girl who went on the podcast. Oh, Whitney. Oh, is that Whitney? So Whitney goes on Meredith's podcast with her husband.
1: Oh, okay. Now I'm noticing the difference. Okay. Yeah. So, Whitney, if you would have shown me Whitney and her husband and told me nothing about them, I would have thought Whitney is still very close with her father. Uh, they just know, like, it was very like she screams those people you know who go from being daddy's girl to daddy's girl, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> and it was just that just seeing that was what her husband was it, that's not what i was expecting at all and he screamed what you were talking about earlier of like those dudes who are like this whole things beneath me i don't want to be here looks very uncomfortable on camera uh and that whole podcast altogether was so it almost felt <laughs> it almost felt like when a tv show like the characters in the tv show are starting a podcast <laughs> like all I could think about was when, I don't know if y'all watch, it's always sunny, but when Dennis and D try to start a podcast and Dennis is just over the top being like, so, 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 um, um, yeah, there's, I hear that uh, there's a war going on. Can you tell us that the husband had that (laughs) energy so much? (laughs) And it was, it was just so that whole shit was like weird. And then I understand this was editing, but it was just still funny to see to be like, "Hey, what's like the freakiest thing you've done? Oh, you had sex under his desk. That's hilarious." Anyway, what's the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah. like, <that> was... <laughs> like I'm sure they edited that together, and they, they there was some more stuff in between. But that was some real Oprah shit where it was just like Oprah <laughs> would be like, everyone gets a new car. Hell yeah, we're going to go to commercial break. And then they come back from commercial break and they would be like, one million children die from hunger every year. It's <laughs> just like, Jesus, Oprah, we were just giving away cars. What are we doing here? <laughs> so that was wild. And then the whole, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, when Heather, now I have the right lady this time, when Heather was on, her, on the phone with her daughter And was being like, yo, we need to like, you you need to remember the day that the church was founded. And then she's just like, (laughs) it brings me so much joy to force my daughter to learn about her Mormon culture. Uh, and I immediately thought you are lucky you have money because if you did not, she would never come home for Christmas ever again. (laughs) You are so lucky. She needs to be on that will because she would never answer your calls. She would not come home for Thanksgiving. If she was pregnant, you would find out on Instagram and not through a text message. Uh, that was, that was very, and then, uh, the whole, uh, group outing at the end where (laughs) making them wear bonnets, which all of them did (laughs) not do want to (laughs) do at all. (laughs) And just the argument between, uh, Lisa and, uh, hold on, Monica, uh, at the very end and then i forget who it was but one of the women was standing up and she just breaks the glass on the floor
0: <laughs> yeah and yells opa but not like <laughs> celebratory opa it's just like a commanding opa
1: <laughs> like that moment if i was there i would been like bitch there goes our security deposit like why are you fucking- <laughs> why are you doing that shit but that was really those were the big things that uh Oh, and then I know, oh, which housewife was it where she had a whole, oh, it was Angie, where like her and her husband had a whole conversation at dinner. Um, And uh, it just went into like this whole, like, we don't have sex anymore and like we need to connect again. And at first I thought they're going to have like a fight fight. And then they were like mature about it they're like okay well what do we need to do to like rekindle this and it's just like we need to spend more time together and all that and and i was just i was like thrown off because i was waiting for there to be this big thing and it's just like oh y'all are being adults about this like okay all right cool no no great for y'all great for y'all boring for me but yeah great for (laughs) y'all
0: i guess um but he's but, not in a he's not in a position to like have a fight over this because there's all sorts of rumors like swirling about his his like sexuality and how he's got like men all around town and he's yeah so he's got to like play play the game now.
1: Interesting. <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's it was a very like. A very awkward and loaded dinner and no wonder he's so busy he's
1: slinging dick around town yeah
0: exactly yeah
1: okay <laughs> oh and then also another moment that i thought was fun uh was uh when monica was uh, talking about her family with her daughter Uh, and she busts out the photo albums and she does that thing that (laughs) old people love to do where it will be like, back in my day, we had the, we didn't have this. We had these where she was like, back in my day, we didn't have cameras or no, we didn't have phones. We had cameras. And it's like, we know what cameras are. Okay. (laughs) Young people know what cameras are honestly cameras and Polaroid pictures making a comeback right now so people are aware <laughs> you don't have to explain what a photo album is it's not <laughs> it's not like a fax machine like we we know or it's not like a landline like we we know what it is and then it was so funny she just kept going on and like we had photo albums and we had to put all of our photos in this album and the <laughs> daughter was like just show me the goddamn album. Like it was just, it was just so it was so funny to me when she was just like, fucking, I get it. I'm younger. Just show me, show me the photos already. <laughs> but yeah, those were really like the a, out of the episode, those were the big, the big moments that really stood out to me.
0: Sandy, uh, Sandy, how about you?
2: Yeah, I I um definitely noted Angie's date. Definitely awkward. Maybe like a little bit, like it was kind of relatable, you know, like, I don't know, maybe too relatable. Like I don't really want to watch a bunch of people try to get the spice back in their marriage on these shows. Like there's kind of a lot of that, especially on this, on this one. Cause Whitney and her husband, her older husband mm, are yeah. kind of doing the same and it's like, mm, but I did like when Angie was saying like, I don't even know you. I don't even know what kind of music you listen to. And he's like, I listen to country, you know, well, it's very annoying. Country is very annoying. So she, she did know she just hates his music. And then he (laughs) says he also hates her music. And then she gets really upset about that. I'm not really upset, but a little upset. And this also led to my,
0: argue about the Humpty dance, Yeah,
2: my musical education, because I now know what the Humpty dance is. I watched almost all of the video. (laughs) (laughs) So that was nice for me. Uh, And I just kind of pictured her bopping in her car to that, which is cute. Um, (laughs) And other highlight was a quote. I had a few quotes this this round because Monica, when she was being incredibly childish and overdramatic at the Pioneer Dinner, which is her signature behavior, and I'm okay with that for the show, she was, you know, the whole thing and just being such a baby as always, and then when they're trying to announce this trip that is like her joint trip with Heather and she's backing out of it, she's like, and Heather's like, why don't you explain where we're going? And I guess it's like her home. I don't do. She used to live in Bermuda or something. There's some, whatever she has. A,
0: yeah. She went there every summer right? or something. Yeah. She's like, yeah. we're
2: all going home to hell to the Bermuda triangle where we all belong. And yeah. I like that as a little <laughs> moment of drama that she brought. I
0: like that quote. <laughs> so I appreciated
2: that. Um, and then my last thing was like, I've seen, we've seen Monica's house before and Monica is sort of this, she's a new housewife. She's in a lower socioeconomic bracket than the rest. Um, Maybe has fallen, maybe was probably a lot richer before her divorce. I don't really know, but just kind of got an outside shot of her house. And I was like, like not just house shame because that could be anyone's house. That could be my house. But I was like, that is not the average real housewives house. And I'm interested in both your opinions on like, what, what it brings to these shows to have like one housewife who's relatively speaking poor, like absolutely not actually poor, but you know, relatively speaking, we see that in a few other franchises too. Do you think it adds something or is it a weird imbalance or I don't know? I'm not sure where I stand on it.
0: Um, I, I like it because it, you know, it gives in a lot of cases like um when they come on in that position, they have this new platform and we get to see them like grow with that. Like they start amassing like, you know, partnerships and, you know, whatever they launch business ventures and, and we get to see them, them grow and like uh, become more like independently wealthy. So um, yeah, I, I like, seeing that because it also adds um you know just a little bit of a benchmark someone that has like a level of wealth that is you know more like comprehensible to the average audience member and you can kind of see like what their position is and how they operate within the social circles that they wouldn't otherwise be welcome in so um seeing a hostwife navigate you know the the like the high wealth socialite you know functions that they put on and get invited to i find that really interesting as well
1: yeah i think i um i don't know it, it is kind of cool. like for example uh whitney like when she was talking about how like when she first met her husband was just like a housewife and then now runs her own businesses and stuff. Like it, it is like for someone like me, who's a newcomer. Um, and like, I know so little about the franchises, like my impression of the, of this show is just like, Oh, they're, they all just have a rich husband. So seeing like seeing them kind of navigate their own space in their own identity, like now knowing that a lot of them are like going through divorces and stuff, it's kind of, interesting to see kind of like, and I'm sure like, as this has probably happened on the show before of like, you see them find themselves and like, who am I now that I'm no longer attached to this person? Or even if they're still married, like who am I? How can I be my own thing rather than just my husband is rich or my partner is rich. Um, Yeah, totally. So like with, um, like with Monica, for example, like I, it sounds like yeah, like she went through a divorce or something, but like she's still trying to like be a mom and like raise her kids and like be her own thing. And um, I think it's just interesting to kind of see that when most of them like it's just like they're they're their own person, and then they're like they have like their rich little husband behind them. So it's it is cool to kind of see them like on screen like figure out who am I like how can I be my own thing how can I be my own entity where I can say I can stand on my own rather than just like I'm only here because of someone
2: else
0: yeah totally yeah totally uh Sandy did you have any other highlights from Salt Lake City no I think that was it cool yeah I I want to go back to the Pioneer lunch so the bonnets were amazing I can't believe that it's season four and it took until now to get this because that is <laughs> just like so hilarious to see them argue in these bonnets and you know Angie with her crazy Star Trek like sunglasses in them was such a look I I loved it um yeah and we the the way that Monica behaves Andy you touched on but one thing that i feel like we're getting repeatedly with Monica this season is like she is reverting into this like child like state what in any conflict like we saw that with her and Lisa a couple episodes where they clashed at the at Whitney's like business event and we saw that when she felt like ganged up on at this this pioneer lunch she like immediately shut down was like, well, I'm not going to go on the trip. And, you know, like you said, she was like, well, we're going to hell Bermuda triangle. And just like seemed very much like how a, like a, a kid or a teenager would interact. And, um, it's interesting to see her respond this way because it is so unlike the way that most housewives handle conflict on these shows because they, you know, they're playing the game. They're like trying to gain, like a position or like use it strategically or you know they've got some sort of angle but with monica it's just feels like this pure emotional response in these situations that like stems from the fact that she's got this like toxic relationship with her mother and up until this point all the conflict in her life came from this relationship that she has with her mother and so to see her you know, be like, this is how I know how to fight. It is by, like, being me as a child in this, like, you know, child-parent relationship. And, you know, to see her do that with all these other women who aren't aren't necessarily all that much older, like, but they are of, like, an, a higher echelon of, like, social status. And so they do have this other form of leverage and she is treating them like a, you know, like a parental figure and how she's like interacting and reverting into a child. Uh, I, I thought that that was like a really interesting contrast to how we see a lot of housewives navigate these situations on these shows. So um, Monica, we found out um, on social media, got like first chair at the reunion. So she's sitting right beside Andy and that's something that doesn't happen very frequently for like a first-time housewife, and she fully deserves it this season because I think she's been like bringing it in so many different different ways. Um, yeah, I I think we're just continuing to see a performance from her that is um, so compelling. I yeah, I I, I love monica this season and even if it's not the most like strategic or like she's not the best like potster or anything it's just it seems so honest and i hope that she's back next season
2: yeah me too totally agree. well so
0: i almost
1: forgot at the bonnet thing was it heather who asked like the whole fight happens because it was heather who was like let's play this game and i feel like she deserves the blame for the bonnet fest turning terrible, <laughs> because that was a messy as fuck question to ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're on the we're on the fucking whatever it's called the the uh, uh vehicle, and we only have so much weight, and someone has <laughs> to get kicked off. Who do you kick off, bitch? You knew what was going to happen <laughs> yeah. asking that question.
2: Well, it's like you were saying earlier, Chris. Like there's this template to these, these get togethers. And the only thing you didn't mention was mm-hmm. I've got a game and it's always this kind of yeah. game. So and if anything, yeah. if LL fails, it's you a pull up the that... game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that's what it was. Heather was like, Oh, we're having, we're being cordial. Mm-hmm. We're having fun. <laughs> we, we made a couple jerk off jokes. Cause we had to turn the butter. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Time to fucking be a bitch and create some <laughs> mess. And I love how that was the first question too. Like yeah. she didn't even ease into it with like an easy one. It was just right out of the gate. Hey, who are you throwing off the wagon? And just, it was funny too. Cause you saw like, you saw like Lisa almost hold back. And then she was just like, Monica. How would the, Cause she's nasty. <laughs> And then there was like something that Monica said back to Lisa, and she almost went like, "Yeah, mm-hmm," and like almost brushed it off. And then, like a second later, was like, "Actually, uh, you know what, bitch?" And just yeah. like goes off on her. Truly, Heather, you knew what you were doing. You're you you're
0: you think you slick, but I I saw I saw straight through your actions. I knew what you were up to. I think this was an example of like producers showing their hand because a lot of times when we get like one of these games show up they will have like a set of questions that could actually go around the table a Mm -hmm. little bit like where you know everyone is able to like say something that might not trigger a blow up but it's going to be something that's going to like start like a little bit of problems between people and like like seed some resentment and, but the, the questions will go around the table. So we'll get like an entire round, but this was just like, it was like T-ball. It was like, uh, who would you drown Lisa? <laughs> and Lisa's like well I support women so I would throw off the person oh. who doesn't support women Monica obviously. <laughs> that
1: was I forgot about that because she, when, when she was leading up with that I was like oh shit we're about to have a cordial ass answer when she was just like I support women so I thought she's like I support women so I'm going to take one for the team and I'm going to knock myself out yeah. but then she went with the I support women so be cuz of that I would throw Monica off cuz she doesn't support women cuz she's nasty. <laughs> uh, just truly a work of art that deserves an Oscar.
0: Yeah, so good. And I love how like hung up Lisa is still about this like Ted Bundy comment. She's like so upset that uh not that Monica compared her mother to Ted Bundy, but that she then compared Lisa to her mother and is like so offended by this. I, yeah, I, I thought that that was uh, amazing.
1: And Whitney on her talking head, just being like, listen, I don't know much about Syria, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was Jeffrey Dahmer who ate people and not Ted Bundy, which is just so f- true epitome of white people culture where someone, when brought up... First off, serial killers were brought up. And then two, someone had a (laughs) well-actually moment about serial killers. I'm just like, I don't mean to nitpick,
0: but Ted Bunny never ate anybody. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's funny because in my notes, I've got, like, Lisa, you basically said she killed people and had sex with them and ate them. And I've got a note that says... That wasn't Bundy, was it? And then immediately, oh, Whitney says exactly that. So I'm <laughs> guilty. In y'all's
1: defense, I also when heard that, I'm like, I'm like fairly sure he didn't eat anybody. I'm like fairly sure. Only because like I have a joke I- in my comedy about serial killers, and I, I've done that joke for years. And almost always, 90% of the time, I will have a person after the show approach me and give me facts about serial killers that I never asked for, <laughs> that I never wanted, I would have people correct me when I misspeak on facts about various, like for example, I think I like one time I was like, Ted Bunny killed 36 people and this woman approached me after the show very <laughs> upset being like, um, actually he had 40 unconfirmed kills and this many kills you need to get your numbers right if you're gonna and I'm like, why why are you I need you to take a step back and repeat what you said, but listen to how stupid you sound because you're correcting me on a murderer right now.
0: So I, just, I love baseball, but like there's some baseball fans that are like that with, with stats where they'll mm-hmm. like, you know, well, actually about like a batting average or you know, whatever. And yeah, I can totally see someone doing that about a serial killer's like body count. Is
1: so like, uh, actually, he killed forty. He killed more than one. <laughs> that's, that's, why does the number matter? The fact that when you, when your murder count is not zero, why are we arguing about the semantics
2: here? What are we doing for a joke? Purpose, like, also, right? Like, your joke probably works yes. either way. Exactly. Like, if I was making.
1: Right. Like if I was making a documentary, then yeah, like I get, I get that, but I'm just doing yuck yucks for, for people who are on first dates trying to fuck. Like, I don't think we need to argue about numbers right now.
0: Amazing. Uh, the other scene that I had like written down here was this discussion between Lisa and Heather, which um, I didn't think was like particularly interesting. It was definitely like just setting up this scene that we're getting at the pioneer lunch and Mm kind of getting a the laying the groundwork for where lisa stands with monica and you know this new unsteady alliance between lisa and heather but they made the most of it by having this like huge spread of wendy's which was just like visually so bizarre (laughs) to see them like picking out on like fast food and Mm -hmm. i know that this is like a character trait of lisa barlow that she loves like fast food and whatever but um it was just a a visually like really interesting choice for me
1: okay so i didn't know that about lisa i thought like okay this is the most blatant product placement i've ever seen (laughs) in my entire life but that okay that makes sense that she's
0: always been about the fast food life <laughs> um, did you guys have any other final thoughts on Salt Lake City? No, I'm good. I don't think awesome. I, I I think I mentioned everything. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Chris. Uh, do you want to let everyone know where that they can find you? Yes. First off, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
1: Um, y'all uh for if anyone liked what I said and the way I say it, uh first and foremost, you should follow me at Chris Mehia Comedy on Instagram and TikTok and at topher me t-o-p-h-e-r m-e-j-i-a on twitter and twitch if you're into twitch stuff i will stream myself either playing some video games or most commonly out i just do like a lot of variety streams so either like reacting to like uh weird videos on tiktok that homies send me uh because their for you page is really cursed or um uh, Watching like the cut v- button dating videos. Those are a lot of fun. Sometimes even uh, doing tier ranking of how bangable fictional characters are. Um, <laughs> first one I did was the Muppets. <laughs> to give you an idea of it's very, it's obnoxious, but it's a fun time. Um, and then if you ever if you live in the Seattle area or you are popping through the Seattle area, I co-run a show called Good Comedy with the homie Bo Johnson. Um, and uh, we have a show monthly. We're actually having a really big show that we're about... When does this come out?
0: It uh, should be coming out uh, tomorrow, Tuesday the 28th. Okay.
1: Well, I technically can't announce it yet, but I'll just say there's a really big show... At a very big venue that we will be putting on next month that is uh, the second annual version of what we did last year. So uh, follow at Good Comedy Show to see us when we announce that. And then lastly, uh, I, uh, as we mentioned up top, uh, co-host of a podcast called We Didn't Get a Rose uh, with the homie Mike Carrozza. Uh We used to recap Bachelor and Bachelorette. Uh, and then that franchise drove us insane. Uh, <laughs> but we still wanted to do the podcast. So now we recap uh, rom-coms. So we have uh, guests who are usually comedians. Um, come on, pick a rom-com and we recap it. So far we've done Never Been Kissed, which is uh, my girlfriend's, one of my one of her favorite movies, but truly an insane movie. Um, and we've also done... Uh, uh, oh, fuck. We just... We just did Wedding Crashers. uh, And then we did um, the one that has the dude from Entourage in it. Um, Drive me crazy. Thank you. Uh, Drive me crazy. Um, And then obviously, if y'all want to come on, please hit me up. Let me know. We'd love to have you on. But that's where you can follow me and all of that stuff. And yeah, that's it for me. Awesome. Sandy,
0: how about yourself?
2: You can find me on Instagram at corporeal curios if you want to see some weird art.
0: Awesome, and I'm Craig Midwinter. You can mostly just find me here uh, at Bravo Outsider on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever. If you want to find me personally, I don't know. You can add me on LinkedIn or something like that. Um, until next week, keep on wifey.